0: Welcome in the Faith and Fable pastoral podcast that discusses common and often controversial topics from a biblical perspective. My name is Matt Miller. I'm Matt Henry big day why <laughs> this is it this is oh. our very oh. last topic ever in systematic theology and thus ends faith and Fable. We're done after this See you? <laughs> no <laughs> no but but you're going away so I am? we uh, we're gonna finish this up um, and you're gonna be going on a sabbatical for how long?
1: three months what you doing as little as possible hopefully hopefully we just want to rest um right i mean i'm just tired i'm i told uh my elder i'm just in a perpetual state of weariness i I never feel rested so um 25 years here at the church so the church was kind to give us a break and it's yeah so we're going to travel throughout the west if and by the way, I never thought of this. If any of you um, are out in the West and you want to invite, like, maybe to our your church, not to speak. I, I'm not looking for work. Uh, um, I wouldn't mind. Um, I didn't think
0: about that. You yeah, can do that. Yeah,
1: well, remember, we were going to go down to Louisville, and we were going to hook up with uh, Billy. Uh, he was in Lexington, Kentucky. And Billy. Uh, he, well, I don't want to say his last name. Billy, why? Oh. Someone who listens to the podcast. Yeah, yeah you know who okay. he is. You just don't know you know. Okay. And uh, we were going to hook up with him and uh, buy him and his wife dinner. And we were uh, all, as, our, as you and your wife and me and mine, and we were just going to meet with him and just say hi. Uh, been a faithful listener, comments a lot, shares our stuff. Um so yeah, if if you're actually out there in the West, we're gonna. Uh, our goal is to start out in the Colorado area. That's where I was born. Then drop, go up over the mountains and into Utah, and Arizona and Nevada, and kind of work our way in during the hot, uh, the early part in the South where it gets hot, and then we'll start to move our way up into Oregon. Washington, Idaho, and Montana, Wyoming, those. So we're, we're literally going to go wherever the road takes us. We don't really give a flying rat's tell where we go. Uh, we have some vague ideas, but we're going to stay as long as we want somewhere and just rest. And, and my wife has never seen the true west much. Um, that was where I was born and raised, so I want to show her that part. And we're hoping to do a ton of hiking and uh, sleeping, and just walking around holding hands, just kind of checking out for a bit. So I'm um, there's some trepidation, uh, but that doesn't really matter. That trepidation is all just how
0: do you let go of a church for that long? But mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, Faith and pa- Fable has uh, launched you to the uh, platform of celebrity status, so yeah, people right. will be flooding yeah. your inbox to come to their church
1: well I, I I honestly will try uh, we're gonna be looking to worship in different churches throughout the West uh, every week so uh, it'd be cool uh, I wouldn't mind we'll we'll buy you guys a, a, a meal and and just talk yeah so go for it bring some mugs uh, <laughs> <laughs> we don't have that many mugs left really shockingly enough we're almost out
0: excellent uh, okay so we're gonna talk we're gonna finish this all up then and um, and so, if you've been with us for the past few years, uh, thanks for sticking around, because today we finished Systematic Theology, uh, and so we're going to finish it with the new heavens and the new earth.
1: And if you have faithfully listened to all of our podcasts on Systematic Theology, you are then equipped to be a pastor. Bam. Yep. Yeah, just take over a church. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> but— <laughs> yeah. Um So, much like the previous (laughs) topics, uh, the Bible here, again, speaks somewhat limitedly about this. So, there's only so much to be said on this. So, this is probably going to be a pretty short episode. Um, But new heavens and new earth. Um, So, first of all, the language and phrase of heaven and earth are essentially what book and the entire Bible. Uh, So, in Genesis 1-1, as you know, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then in Revelation 21-1, It says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first uh, heaven and the first earth has passed away. So the the theological point to understand there is that God then therefore stands outside of all of that and is in utter control. Um, He is the maker of both creation and recreation, and he is the one who has sustained everything in between. And so what is so special about the new creation then is that God um, will now take up permanent dwelling within it. Um, in other words, it is now something that will be fit for him, uh, which if you just let your mind dwell on that is kind of crazy. Hmm. Uh, so Revelation 21.3 says, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is among men and he shall dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God shall be among them. Now, he was in the Old Testament, in the, but it was yeah. temporary, yeah. right? Uh, here, it's now permanent. And he shall wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall no longer be any death. There shall no, no longer be any mourning or crying or pain, for the first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Right, for these words are faithful and true.
1: So second. Excuse me, second, the new heavens and the new earth is a definite future reality that will take place after the return of Christ. So, if you're amil or postmillennial, this takes place immediately after the church age. So, the resurrection, judgment, new heavens and earth. According to premillennialism, which is what Matt and I are, uh, this takes place after that earthly millennial reign of Christ. Third, there's also going to be a total reconstruction of the entire creation. So Romans 8 says it this way in 20 to 23. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but because of him who subjected it in hope, that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but also we ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. So, this speaks of that crippling effect of the fall of Adam and Eve that had on all of creation. The fall affected not merely Adam and Eve. Or the human race, but actually all of creation. The s- entire scope of anything that can be said to be created plunged from something very good to something broken. Uh, or as uh, Ecclesiastes says, crooked, straight paths that were made crooked and only God can make them straight again, mm-hmm. right? Um In Genesis 3, God then cursed the serpent, he cursed the women, and he cursed Adam along with the ground. We should understand the ground as a synecdoche for all of creation, meaning it's not just the ground. Uh, All of creation also became cursed. So, the idea of being subjected to futility is understood as the effect of God's initial Genesis 3 curse. However, Paul reveals there will be a renewal of the entire universe, not just humans or individual human body, but all of creation. Gone will be the curse of sin and the fullness on this creation. It will be a total redemption. I remember when I was preaching through Romans and I got to that passage, um, I had always talked about the groaning, that creation groans. But the imagery that he's picturing is that of childbirth, and and I think it was Tom Schreiner. Pointed out, it could have been Doug Boo though. Mm. Um, that it's an anticipatory groaning. It's not uh, hopelessness. It's working for something. Yeah, it 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 and and I I it helped me I in my own pastoral mind as I I still screw this up when I give counsel to people suffering, but that their suffering is to remind them that this is not where we belong. There it it's an anticipation for that day when "Quote unquote, the child is born, and and it, you, you've been there with your wife. Um, the moment that baby comes out, um, it just what is
0: horrible and painful, and you're like, oh my goodness. Now becomes a point of joy. Well, and that's so helpful practically because I think when people come to faith, they they're like, oh, I go through the initial trials and struggles, and then, but you're in your mind, you're like, I should be moving on this upward trajectory, yeah. and I reach it. Everything should be getting better. God's hand yeah, of discipline should exactly. be removed from blah blah blah. But no, it's not. It's it's you have the peaks and the valleys, but you're down there a lot. <laughs> yeah, you're in a long What's it called? I mean, my wife
1: had babies so fast. What's that called? Uh, when they're in the labor. labor. <laughs> That's it. It's like been too many years. Um, yeah, and so our, picture your life as a state of being in labor, Yeah, and, and it's all reminding you it's coming. It's coming, so don't lose heart, right. because on the other side of it is the new heavens earth if it, I, I for me i think that encourages me mm-hmm. it helps me remember cuz i'm getting older body doesn't work as good and it's like it doesn't fix your situation but it gives
0: you the stuff to endure it right yeah
1: and and that's what you see with any w- woman it's, they really shine in that time right i mean it's like i want the baby out i want this to end but but there's that anticipation, so it's worth it. I will put up with incredible pain right. for that that joy. Anyhow, something yeah, to think good. about.
0: Uh, fourth, then, this may involve the complete destruction and recreation of the current cosmos, or it may be a renewal slash restoration of the current cosmos. So Second Peter 3, 7 through 10 says this, well, through 13, uh, but the present heavens and earth by his word are being preserved for fire, Um and that's a purpose statement, for the purpose of fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that the Lord one day is a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a roar of the elements, And the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, on account of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. But according to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. So according to Peter, uh, again, there'll be a time of intense destruction in which this current creation is destroyed by fire. And so the question becomes, will this result in a completely new creation or you can say recreation, or will it be more like something like a renewal of this present creation? Uh, historically, um, the church is lined up on both sides. So there's never been a full consensus. However, uh, I don't know what your position is. I personally think the evidence seems to lean in favor of a completely new recreation. Um, First of all, there's a strong emphasis on a fiery destruction. Uh, So, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, verse 7. The heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, verse 10. Since all these things Things are thus to be dissolved. Verse 11, the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved and heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. Verse 12. Um, So again, I don't know how to escape that um, language of being dissolved. Uh, Second, there is a contrast between the present heavens and earth with what is to come. So again, verse seven, but the present heavens and earth by his word are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. So, if it was simply a renewal, it seems Peter would have used more restorative language instead of such destructive language. Um, not dissimilar from how we think about the resurrected body. Um, there, there may be, and I think will be, a continuity between our new bodies and old bodies. But you, you have to understand they're going to be completely new in their nature. Yeah. Um, they're not merely <clears throat> resuscitated and restored, but there's just it's something new. Um. Uh, in MacArthur and Mayhew, it says this, in further support of the annihilation of the present universe is is Jesus' statement. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away, Matthew 24, 35. Psalm 102 declares that the earth and the heavens will perish and wear out like a garment, Psalm 102, 25 through 26. Isaiah 24, 20 states, the earth staggers like a drunken man. It sways like a hut and it falls and it will not rise again. Uh, In his first epistle, John writes, the world is passing away in chapter 2 verse 17.
1: Um, okay next uh, those who hold to a renewal argue this in view of Romans chapter 8. The picture in Romans 8 reveals this creation is longing to be made new. In other words, it's it is groaning to be glorified and not destroyed. Uh, so in Romans 8:19 to 21, for the anxious longing of the creation waits, Eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God, for the creation was subjected to futility, but not of its own will, but because of him who subjected it in hope, that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption, uh, slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Uh, However, this idea of glorification does not preclude complete destruction of the old. Again, it's not dissimilar uh, from how our old bodies will be completely done away with before our new bodies will be given. But it does not deny a continuity with the old, but it does speak of a completely new nature uh, after the old has passed away. Catch me on a good day, I go one way. Catch me on another day, I go the other. I lean toward a complete recreation um but we'll find out yeah i i I also kind of look at in the beginning god created heavens and the earth and then it was formless and void um and then he brought order into chaos and i kind of wonder if in a sense he'll burn it to the point where it becomes formless and void again or if it's even before that where there's just nothing um whatever nothing means because there's still going to be something because we'll still be there um, wherever there is. <laughs> uh, so um, you know but then what what for me, what's more fascinating and I'm looking forward to is watching him recreate because we'll be
0: mm-hmm.
1: aware of it yep. and it,
0: and you'll have your new eyes, right Yeah so and, and, and we'll,
1: we'll just watch <laughs> him lay it out and you're like, that's so cool <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I what I wonder though, Again, this is just me talking, all right? But uh, Eden was basically a picture of what the whole world was to become. Right. The rest of the world was wild and unkept. Un- and so he puts them in the garden and-, and then basically says, now go out there and do it. And then, of course, they lose Eden through sin. Um, I-, I often wonder if God will create the, the universe in such a way where – for all of eternity, what we'll be doing is in perfection, all of us have tasks and duties and responsibilities of bringing it into perfections. And I mean that not in like it's not perfect, but where we take the raw universe and we do what we're made to do. Uh, yeah. Does that make... Well, the, I've, o-
0: I've often wondered if... So, the the template in Genesis was the garden, yeah. right? I wonder... I have often wondered if, in the new heavens and the new earth, that template will now be the new Jerusalem. I I,
1: I wonder too. It, there's also passages in Revelation 21 and 2 where the nations will come into and so that the, there will still be nations right. in the new heavens and earth, which is crazy to think about. So, and there'll be people ruling. It appears, and there'll be. I don't know what it's going to look like, um, but yeah. So I, I don't know. I think there's some—what's less important as to whether or not it, it all starts completely brand new or it's a burned, clean, and then redone. Um, maybe some environmentalists would say, well, that's the right way because God wouldn't want to waste. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but what's more cool is that it will be done, and then this will be our dwelling place for all eternity. Um, and, and we'll get to watch him do it and then— will be given our responsibilities. Yeah, and you'll work. Which I suspect is part of the rewards. Responsibility. Yeah, uh, our our capacity for responsibility and our oversight and responsibilities will be different. Um, our area of responsibility, um, I, yeah, I, I think. But one guy, again, this is all philosophical. One guy, he argued, I don't know who, uh, he he argued that part of it will be that our capacity for joy yeah. will be dependent upon our reward and so you'll be full to joy and another guy will be full full of joy but the fullness will be a different joy but neither will know because you're
0: yeah i don't I know i think that was jonathan edwards or something that sounds like yeah. a jonathan
1: edwards kind of a thing
0: yeah but it'll be interesting because i remember when i was preaching through um ecclesiastes i had to do the it's very tightly connected to genesis Mm -hmm. um and i remember the the, how the language shifts when it comes to the idea of work uh pre-fall there was still work there they were cultivating Mm -hmm. they were building Mm -hmm. i think they were working out that image of god as Mm -hmm. they created and brought Mm -hmm. things under control uh post genesis 3 the term for work then switches to the word for labor or toil Hmm. um so i wonder if now it'll be back to to that but it's not toil anymore it's 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 a good work it's a satisfying work
1: but um yeah so i'll just make it yeah no i won't I, i i want to take a hit at people who don't like um hybridization and genetic modification food and stuff it's like somehow natural whatever that means um They say, well, we just want natural corn. It's like you realize that corn used to be just grass. It was just a grass that over time humans began to selectively breed until it produces what we call corn. And I I just wonder, it's like, so is he going to create corn and it's going to be the perfect corn? Or is he going to create it, again, like grass, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we're going to make a sweet corn like you've never had before and And it won't be bad, even though it will be modified in I I don't know. Anyhow, the key point to remember in all of this is not only does salvation include individual restoration and renewal of the body, but also of the entire creation and cosmos. Um, Literally, the entire created order will be made perfect. It will not be merely very good, but perfect. And that is what will make the new heavens and new earth different from the original creation of Eden. We will be a new people in new bodies. This is my favorite part. We will be a new people in new bodies, singing a new song, drinking a new wine, abiding in a new heavens and earth, and the centerpiece will be the new Jerusalem. And we will do a new work and cultivate the earth in a new way. That's just pretty. Everything will be as God designed it to be. The Father will delight in his creation. The Spirit will sustain our new life in Christ. And Jesus will be the exalted exalted as Lord. So that finishes out systematic theology. And we, we really do hope you enjoyed it. I, that was your brainchild, I remember. You're like, what do you think we just— Take them through systematic theology, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, I think that back then we were meeting at uh, Mark and Elena's house and working, in, and, mm-hmm. and, and, yeah, it's been quite the journey. But we actually thank every one of you for being patient with us as we made this trek. It's been fun for us, too, mm-hmm. over the last two or three years. Uh, we're not really sure what will replace it. Our plan is to keep making the podcast, uh, so we ask that you keep tuning in. The next time, we will talk about something else once we figure it out, what that's going to be. <laughs> one of the things that we were talking about, though, was apologetics. We do, um, We should do that. Um, I yeah. think it'd be a good one. Yeah. And just talk about the different ways that people approach apologetics, the theology of it. Um, and so, we're leaning toward that. We'll see. Um, and we also are going to do sub-topics on theology, right? So, like, we're, we're going to do one on hell and heaven that's a bit more... Um, detailed. But that's not really something you would do in a systematic. We're going to try to expand and and pastorally try to deal with those as well. So we'll continue to work through all of these things. But until then, make sure to tune in, join the conversation. Let us know your thoughts on the new heavens and earth. And do not uh, forget to like, share, comment, rate, review on iTunes, connect with us on Facebook and Instagram, and tell a friend.